0: Um, now, when did you know you were funny? What was like the joke that you told or the moment where it was like, you know what? I'm a bad man.
1: Um, I probably have to say, uh, so when I was in elementary school, there, every week, every Monday, we would have to take uh, home what they call like red folders. And it basically be like a report card telling you your parents how you did it in the week. And every time I took my, my folder home, it was check talk excessive that was (laughs) that was what it was marked as all the
0: time what's up everybody and welcome to the queerly black show Welcome back to another episode of the Quirly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley, joined today by a very, very special guest, a man who needs no introduction, but we're going to introduce him. You might know him from, I don't know, the Ellen Show. I don't know. Uh, Oprah followed him for like five minutes. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know, man. We got Kaylin Allen in the building. Kaylin, tell the people about yourself. Yo, what's up? How you feeling? I'm doing good, man. How about you? I'm feeling great. How's that, how's that weather good. over there in Jersey?
1: Uh, right now it is you see the sun is shining it's on me, so it's feeling really good there are clear skies over here in the new york metropolitan area i just had me some good cold brew so you know my spirits is real lifted real right good
0: we're gonna have a good conversation i love it mm-hmm. i love it good well you know what how we start this show how the first question i ask everybody when did you know you liked the boys oh you know what's so funny about that is that
1: at for me, I, I'm probably like, Lady Guy got born this way. Like, yeah. I never knew anything different. You know what I mean? So, I don't even think there's even a point where I was just like, could pinpoint it. I think it was just always a part of who I was. Even as a child, I was, you know, very uh, over flamboyant, in, you know, in, in that space. So, I think it was just something that was just always normal for me rather than like an awakening I was I knew that at a very young age and I think the best part especially when I watch like old home videos is that um baby Kaylin is exactly who I am today there is no difference
0: I love that so so with your parents and everything like your family it was kind of like Kaylin's we know,
1: we know, we, we understand,
0: Caitlin. We, we got it. I mean,
1: I, I, <laughs> I, I, I would say yes. But then, of course, you know, when religion comes into it and you get into all the layers of it, of course, there were some discrepancies. And, you know, my mother had a very hard time and that was a very hard period. There were bouts of time where we didn't speak and stuff like that. But, you know, to me, that's like a tale as old as time. That is a mm-hmm. common thing that happens to queer people, especially those of us that are Black and queer, you know what I mean? So it's like, it kind of just comes with the territory, I guess. Um. So, but I do what I think is great about that in that it's like, you know, usually a lot of people try to like, suppress it or they try to like turn it down or turn it off, you know, for certain places that I don't think I ever assimilated even growing up, you know, and I think that's the most beautiful thing about it was that even though there were people around me or people that had judgments or said that it was wrong or blah, 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 blah. I didn't listen to any of that. I didn't care what anybody's opinions were. I was just going to be me regardless, even if that mean I needed to cut you off or we weren't speaking. You know, I was just like, I'm not going to sacrifice my own peace and happiness just so you can be comfortable.
0: Yeah, I love that. What, what, how do you feel like you got to that place of like feeling super confident? Because I think that's a big challenge for people is that, yeah. you know, people will suppress that part of themselves in fear of losing like family or friends or close relationships with people who to me don't know the it's not the genuine full part of you but they're Mm -hmm. afraid of letting that part show where'd you find that confidence
1: you know that's another thing since birth it I have I think I have just as a person always trusted my instincts and based my movements and the in the decisions I made based off of how I felt inside. You know, if, if something didn't feel right in my spirit or it made me, I never wanted to feel down and out. I always wanted to feel joy. So anything that didn't feel like joy was not welcomed, regardless yeah. of who it was or whatever it was, because I felt as though the price was too big of a cost. You know what I mean? And I also I was a Disney kid growing up, you know what I mean? So it's like I watched all these like Disney characters have dreams and aspirations and people trying to get in the way of them. And, you know, and and they coming out on top because they were like, no, this is who I want to be. This is who I'm meant to be. This is my purpose. And I'm gonna go after that. So I think it also comes a
0: lot from that as well yeah i love that um so how was it for you uh during your high school years Mm -hmm. um you know kind of young 18 Mm -hmm. 19 20 how was that kaylin who was that guy
1: (laughs) so the funny thing about that is and this is also another crazy part is like I was not really, like, bullied or teased for being gay in in high school specifically. So Kansas was cool.
0: Kansas gets you from Kansas, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, I'm from Kansas
1: City. And it's so crazy that you say that because I was even thinking about this, like, yesterday. And I was like, why was it so accepting? And I think a lot of it is, like, a lot of times bigotry is rooted in, like, ignorance, right? And people just not having any type of intelligence, you know? Well, I went to a school called Sumner Academy, which at that time was, I think still is, It was the number one school in Kansas. So you had to be accepted into this school. You know what I mean? So you had to have some type of academic, um, you know, be exemplary in that area in order to even attend there. And I think we all as a collective we're celebrated for our uniqueness and what we brought differently to the table and everybody wasn't very much like fall in line. Now, does that mean that homophobia doesn't exist in Kansas? No, not at all. It is Kansas. I mean, that is where the Westboro Baptist Church was born and <laughs> bred. You know what I mean? It existed, but I also think something that assisted me was the fact that that i could entertain people i've always been able to make people laugh you know what i mean and usually when you can do that people kind of leave you alone you know because they find you funny you know they they find you interesting and i think like with the confidence
0: what up it's your host ashley and i'm interrupting this podcast to ask are you following us Have you downloaded the podcast? Are you subscribed to us on YouTube? If you're not already, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on all platforms, Queerly Black. I'm going to let y'all get back to the show. Peace.
1: Like I said earlier, it's like I never allowed anybody to tell me any differently. You know what I mean? So people didn't mess with me because I didn't let them mess with me. You know what I mean? It was just very much, this is who I am, and you're going to either take it or leave it. But even if you leave it, it doesn't matter to me. I don't lose anything. you know what I mean? There were times where I remember at one point there was like a letter sent to my house saying that, um that you know, trying to tell my mother that that I was gay and that they were gonna do something that she didn't do anything. And that didn't necessarily it it made me a little uneasy because I felt like it was unnecessary. But it wasn't ever to a point to where like, oh, I need to change who I am, you know, or oh, I hate myself like that never bothered me. It was more so just like, mm, yeah. And I, I think it, also as a kid, I was in so many different leadership Positions, you know, like I was the president of my youth council, the NAACP. Like I was on like student boards, and I was on the um, I was on the student board of directors of the Federal Reserve Bank. Like I was doing all these leadership positions, and also I could sing, I was singing national anthems at different events and stuff like that, performing, you know what I mean? So it was just like I was just living my life, and I didn't care what anybody else had to say.
0: Yeah, no, I love that, and it it just shows. I love, I love the, all the parts because it's, it shows that like, again, all of us are more than our sexuality, you know, like that's such a, it's a huge part of us, but it's not the part of us that everyone relates to, right? Like it's not our whole self. And so, um, I love that, you know, in your story, it's, it highlights all of the, all of the parts, all of the things that you were doing, because truly those are you know those are just as big and just as important you know um what are your thoughts on like you know now and and just kind of the current state of like uh it's we're coming up on pride month obviously like Mm -hmm. the the target the merchandise and everything like that has been in the news what advice do you have for people who live in those spaces where there is that controversy of like them feeling like they can't be themselves and they can't like you know lead with being excited about this month what advice do you have for them
1: That's the tricky part, you know, um, because even though I, you know, I talk about how easy it was for me in Kansas. When I was living in Kansas, I also knew that I had hit the ceiling, that I had done everything that I could there. And I knew that that's a tricky thing about the United States. And, you know, you definitely know, especially living in L.A., Mm -hmm. is you go to like, like, for instance, I was doing a movie in Toronto. Right. You go to Canada And everybody kind of has the same kind of dialect. You know, everybody's pretty much just Canadian, right? Mm -hmm. But you come down here and it's so polarizing differences that are in these different areas of the country. You know what I mean? And I think it's, I am not a fan of also people just leaving these places, right? that that have these different ideals and standards or whatever and the reason why i say that is because i think if you leave them then you just leave the bigots there to grow even stronger Mm -hmm. i think if there's no one still there fighting the fight or you know speaking up or going against the cause i think leaving or boycotting places only gives them the power you know what i mean
0: yeah If if
1: that makes sense Um, and, and so if I had any advice and it also depends on the person, I think as a person, you have to decide if you feel as though you would find the most joy and your most complete self somewhere else, then go there, you know, but if you feel like you love where you are so much, and you believe that that place could be better, and you think that you have what it takes to change that place, or to find other people that can help you change it, and and, and be on the front lines, then do that as well, you know, I, I think, and the reason why I say that, and because this is the tricky part when you talk about, like, it gets better, right, the way that I see it is that till the end of time there will always be some type of force fighting against each other that's how a magnet works you know what i mean that's how like yin and yang that's the balance of life there's the good and there's the bad it's always fighting against each other but i think those things are also necessary in order for us to grow and become better people and come up with new rules and regulations for instance it's like Racism still exists, but has it gotten better? Yes, but it's mm-hmm. also changed and evolved and, and been presented in many different ways. It may not look like overt uh racism, mm-hmm. but you know it still exists, you know. Yeah. But that doesn't stop the fight. That doesn't mean you stop fighting for equality or or start fighting for a better reality. It's just that it's morphed into something different. There's a new set of people that have different fights, different struggles, and they're still fighting for the betterment of the society.
0: Yeah yeah shout out to those strong enough to stay and fight keep staying Amen. there stay in the fight i am not that person ah! <laughs> no you said, i gotta go i am not it no uh-huh. i'll be dead somewhere um <laughs> i went to a um a black pride parent pride summit shout out to me a parent Hood, uh this past weekend in dc and um we, you know, we shared a lot of things like amongst ourselves, just about like where we live and different, you know, things, challenges that people have. And all of these people are parents. And so it was like, you're just talking about a lot of stuff that you deal with, whether it would be with your kids, their schools, yourself, you know, showing up every day. And a lot of people live in different places where being queer is not a accepted thing. Um, and, and there are a lot of challenges. And I just have, I, I was so, I walked away just being super empathetic and super grateful for those people. Um, because I just, for me, it was like, LA is just comfortable. You know, I, um I think it, one of the challenges that I've always talked about as black people is that we have so many things that we have to fight against, right? Like we have so many battles, especially being black and queer, right? It's like, I'm black. So I'm first generation educated. I am, come from a, you know, not, not so wealthy family. So I have to go get a good job to take care of myself. So there's that fight, right? I got to go find, employment um I gotta you know probably send money back home for for somebody who needs me to help them um and then I gotta talk about being queer and then I, if I'm in a place where it's not accepted you know I'm fortunate I was in New Jersey Jersey's not bad in terms of like the spectrum right mm-hmm. it, it's it has its challenges mm-hmm. but it's not as bad but then you have the queer on, on top of that and it's just like man, my cup is like right. on Run a million, over. you know? So right. it's it's challenging. And so my heart just was so open and empathetic and, and just went out to those people that are staying and, and that are doing exactly what you just said, which is fighting and continuing to push the narrative. So super grateful for, for all of you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Now, when did you know you were funny? What was like the joke <laughs> that you told or the moment where it was like, you know what? I'm a bad man.
1: <laughs> um.
0: I probably have to
1: say uh, so. When I was in elementary school, there every week, every Monday, we would have to take uh, home what they call like red folders, and it basically be like a report card telling you your parents how you did it in the week. And every time I took my my folder home, it was checked. Talk excessively. That was <laughs> yeah. that was what it was marked as <laughs> all the time, and I think that's probably my. And my mother was never like, you need to stop talking in class. Like, she encouraged it, you know? She was just like, be who you want to be. Do what you want to do. You know what I mean? Um, And so I think my mother was very much in a place to like, even when we would go to parent-teacher conferences and they would say that, she'd be like, well, is he learning? Is he keeping anybody else from learning? Is he? Does he have straight A's? I love that. (laughs) Okay, then. So what's the issue? You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. So I think in that talking excessively, I just immediately knew that I was like telling jokes all the time you know yeah. Uh I remember one time in this and it, it, it now like looking back it wasn't that funny but I think because I was a kid it was like really funny I remember I was asking like my first grade teacher like if I could have something and she said no and so then I said like pretty please and then she said no again and I and then I think I said, like, no, please, or something like that. But she thought that was the funniest thing in the world at that time. And I was just like, oh, okay, I see. So And then she said yes after that. So I was like, oh, so all I got to do is make you laugh. Okay. Taylor was, okay, was around her using
0: humor is. to get what you wanted.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. And so I think that's how I, I, i that was my first inclination. But I just think I, and this is what I always tell people, even to today, I was like, I don't consider myself to be a, co- a comedian. I consider myself to be a comedic entertainer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it comes from. It's like, I like entertaining people, regardless of where it is or, or what it is that I'm doing. I love to just be on stage or perform and entertain.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, You say that, you know, you're a boy from Kansas with a dream. Mm-hmm. What was the dream? What was your dream?
1: The dream is exactly what I'm doing now. You know, the dream was to to fulfill some bigger purpose that was bigger than me. It was... um to create a, a legacy and to be remembered. You know, I was an only child. So I've, I've spent 99.9% of my time by myself. You know what I mean? And not having like siblings that I grew up with or not having cousins around my age or family members around my age. I was very much just like by myself, you mm-hmm. know? And I, and I was just like, well, I don't want to just feel like that's how I'm going to be my entire life, you know? And so it was like, I want to be able to, and I think also because when you are spending so much time by yourself, you can feel what that what that can kind of feel like sometimes, you know, especially then coming out and not necessarily of uh, being accepted at first by my mother and having to experience what that was like being on my own was just like I don't want anybody to ever have to feel like that, you know, or have to spend holidays alone and stuff like that, and I think a lot of what I do is um giving the world what I didn't get if that makes sense, yeah, you know, and so I think that's the bigger dream of of taking all the all the insecurities, all the flaws, all the things that I felt as a child and growing up and in giving, giving the, the medicine to that out into the world so that people don't feel that
0: way. Yeah. I love that. And I, I I agree that, you know, what you do definitely is, 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 is necessary. Um, I think people don't understand how much, comedy and laughing is medicine, it gets you through. Um, and, And that those those the feelings of not being alone. There's a lot of like, you know, negative talk about social media and how it impacts us and all of these things. But I think the one thing about social media that I like is that you can find yourself anywhere. You know, you can find yourself anywhere. And I think a super small example, but like you did a video about the laundry detergent and you were like, can somebody tell me how to use this, right? And it's like, yo, I thought I was the only one who thought this was the craziest thing. Right. But it's, and that's so small. It's laundry detergent. Like it's not, but it's like, dude, like, no, seriously, like, who created this? And like, right. how are you supposed to use this? Like, am right. I supposed to pick this big old thing up every single time I like do laundry, you know? So I think right. those little micro nuances of life mm-hmm. that like, make you feel like, dang, like I really, I really had that curiosity. So I love that. Um, so well, this I think definitely...
1: it's also, it's like, if you look at my content, it's like, I don't make fun of people. Mm-hmm. No one is ever the butt of my joke. You know what I mean? If anything, I'm making fun of myself, you know? And I think that's also because especially, you know, you talk about social media and especially when I'm on Twitter, I'm like, damn, do y'all ever shut the hell up? Yeah, like Twitters. Oh, my God. I'm like every like yesterday when I, we were talking about, you know, Little Mermaid, talking about the red hair. I was like, why are we arguing over a color hair for a movie that's already out? Mm-hmm. Who cares? Like, I'm like, don't y'all wake up and be like, I don't want to argue today. <laughs> this is a pointless argument. We are arguing into an abyss. Let it go. You know, because even when you talk about like being gay, like there was DC uh, Black Pride. And mm-hmm. I saw that there were some people J sitting in a space. And then all, all the gays got some shady shit to say or something to say. And I'm just like, can we please just grow up? Can we let out let the shadiness go it's not necessary. Let people have fun. Let people have joy because you ain't doing nothing but standing in the corner and passing judgment. Mm-hmm. That's all you're doing. Mm-hmm. Who cares? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because the, the frustrating part about that is like you critiquing this. Anybody that has joy you don't like, but you ain't got no problem tweeting and going up about somebody fighting in somebody gas station parking lot. You know what I mean? Or some mm-hmm. drama. You know, mm-hmm. that's a like. please find healing. And and,
0: that and part. it's not that serious. <laughs> that part. It's not that serious. Yeah, seriously. That the healing part is critical. Yes. Please. <laughs> um talk about your experience on Ellen.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, I was at uh Ellen for five years. So I started my first food video was made in 2017. And then it was only three months after the first one that I, I filmed my first um episode of Ellen and it aired um and it was great you know And there are a lot of times that i do miss it especially with the stuff that i got to do there you know rather that was working red carpets or the tape pieces you know or working with twitch and and being able to be out into the field and like we did we we shot an episode of om kalen in like australia you know what i mean like you don't get to do that anywhere you know what i mean so it's just like having those experiences and this was like a weekly occurrence where you never know who may be there. Like Oprah Winfrey may be there one day or Michelle Obama or, or stuff like that. It's like, I wouldn't trade my Ellen time for anything. Those are some of the best years of my life. And it's actually kind of hard for me to like watch old clips of it. You know, nowadays, especially uh, now that Twitch is gone, it's hard for me to, to watch it. Cause I, I get I start to really grieve it, you know, and and mourn it and miss it and and just how fun it was. And I think what's also special about it for me specifically, like that was my first introduction to my dreams. You know what I mean? It's like I was a college student and that was I went straight there and my life changed. And I got to do some of the most amazing things in the world and work with some of the most amazing people, you know, and I just I will cherish those days for the rest of my life.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. How inspiring was it for you working, um, working for Ellen with her also being uh, queer?
1: You know, and I think that's also another part of it is that especially now that I've started to go different places or, you know, different audiences and 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 noticing how people how I can experience more bigotry in other places. I think what was great about working at Ellen was because she was queer. I got to be my most queer self, you know, and the audience didn't care because that's what the show was. The show was already Rooted mm-hmm. in queerness. Anybody you know what who I was mean? in
0: this space was okay with that. So that was exactly like that. we out. That, that's out the way. Yeah,
1: Right. Even the audience. You know what I mean? So none of that matter. We got to do whatever we wanted to do and just exist and not have to worry about it. You know what I mean? So it gets trickier when you go to other places. You have to think about, well, should I wear heels? Uh, what am I wearing? What, am, what is my appearance giving? You know what I mean? Yeah. While there, it didn't matter. I got to yeah. do whatever I wanted to be. And, and that's another privilege that is not usually afforded anywhere else you know but i do think that that is why when i do go to other places and i know that that may be the the you know the feedback or how audience responds is why i still choose to show up as my full self no matter where i am
0: yeah let's get into this fashion mm, what, okay. what 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 where does, where's your inspiration come for for fashion and do you um do you have like a certain aesthetic or do you just kind of go with whatever you feel for today?
1: My aesthetic kind of changes. It it evolves over time. Um, In LA, it was bad because everybody just in sweats and T-shirts and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, you know? So I only really got dressed up if I was going to an event, you know? But New York is a fashion capital of of the country. You know what I mean? So I think now I can see that it's starting to shift. Like just this morning when I picked out this hoodie and I was in my closet, I was like, I still have a lot of LA clothes. I was like, "I, I really need to go shopping in New York and, you know, upgrade a little bit. You know, Uh, I can't keep wearing the same stuff and only having a couple get up. And I also Mm -hmm. have a lot of winter clothes because I dress better in the winter. I ain't got hardly any summer clothes, you know, and it'd be Mm -hmm. hot as hell out here. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: I think it evolves over time. But I think where my inspiration comes from is movies and TV, you know, And, and just like, like for me, fashion is something that makes me feel feel powerful mm-hmm. you know what I mean it yeah. makes me feel strong it makes me feel chic and sleek you know what I mean um, and so like for instance this weekend I had the polo classic and I've been searching for outfits and looking and looking and looking you know and I'm also not a type of person that wants to fit in or blend in or be normal because I have a wedding to go to and it's black tie and you know it was like men wear suits and I'm like I'm not just any old man I'm not wearing yeah. no black boring ass suit you know So uh-huh. I'm like I'm looking at Mugler I'm looking at Alexander McQueen I'm like, how do I get something that's a little bit more eccentric but still gives black tie? But I wanted to give couture very high fashion, you know, mm-hmm. talking about Beyonce, Renaissance World Tour. I'm already talking about, okay, we need to figure out what the stylings are. What is the, yes. the outfit that I want to get? I want to give a cat suit. You know, I want clavicle. Have I you been to the show, show yet?
0: Not Have you yet. seen the show yet?
1: Not what, yet. What, I, which, where I've seen you going the show. Where you I watched it the Instagram live. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My first show is here in New York. So okay. I will go to, uh, I'm going to four shows. So I go the 29th right. and the 30th. And then I, I'm coming back to LA for the birthday show, September 4th. Yes. And then I am going to go to um, Kansas City. To see okay. uh, that show as well.
0: Yes. When did you When did you become the captain of the Beehive? <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I have been a, a Beyonce fan since, uh, love like, a, a kid forever. Like Destiny's Child. Yes. I remember being in summer camp, and this is another statement of how Kaylin's always been. Kaylin, I was in elementary school going to summer camp, honey. And it was 2003, Crazy in Love just came out and it was a talent show. And best believe, Kalen got his ass up there and performed Crazy in Love for the talent show. You know what I mean? Did you wear the tank
0: tank top in the the little
1: shorts? I I think I did, child. I was up there shaking it. Okay, I was ready. I think it was just like there was something so fierce and strong about her and and, and powerful, you know? And I think as time has gone on, I've just really been inspired by her career. You know, and how she's grown, and I, and I'm so glad that we finally met because now it's even changed even more. Now it feels a little bit more personable to me. Mm-hmm. where you meet? Know, her? It, uh, so I was actually uh hosting the red carpet for the wearable oh. art gala in October, mm-hmm. uh, for Miss Tina. And so while I was there, you know, of course Beyonce comes every year, and so me and Zach Campbell went up to her and introduced ourselves, and that's when we first met. But it was so. She was so grounded and motherly and it didn't give like celebrity Beyonce. You meet so many people and, and they just give this celebrity kind of aura. And and that felt so personal to me that I was just like, this is my friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I think now it's become more of just like, just I I just want her to be happy, you know. Yeah. I just want her to do whatever she wants. I think also once you start working in the industry, the the allure of celebrity kind of goes away after you are after that's your normal day to day, you know, basis yeah. kind of thing. To where I'm going to events on a weekly basis where somebody's there, or I, or I'm friends with people, you know, like me and Michelle talk all the time and stuff like that. So when yeah. you start to create those relationships, then kind of the the fandom kind of just disappears yeah. but
0: how, how how cool is that that you met her? And I I've always I've never met her. I just feel like I'm like I just feel like she just dope. Like in my <laughs> mind, she's not that person. Like she's uh-huh. not one of those like people that you meet her in, and then you just like your whole energy about the person shifts. She just right. always felt like super right. genuine and and like I watch every documentary. I watch every like and I and to your point about her her career and her work ethic to me is just the like in incredible like how mm-hmm. she just still takes it so serious and she's still in everything and she doesn't mm-hmm. have to be mm-hmm. but you know she's also a Virgo and so mm-hmm. I, I understand that part too but I just I just love her and I love the fact that you are like a huge fan you're going to four shows I, I'm gonna have to um probably give me another ticket I, I go see me another show um but yeah no like I, I love her um so since Ellen you've been doing a couple of things um you have the podcast uh raised by Ricky um what other things do you have going on
1: oh my God me and my 50 million jobs yes. the that podcast there is I uh, just you know completed a Christmas movie with Christina Milian and and, and devout Ellis uh called Meet me next Christmas for Netflix so we just uh finished filming that love about uh, the whole family I know, right? Um, I'm about to do a celebrity uh, family cook-off for Roku channel, so I just signed on to do that. I mean, I like to stay busy. I like to work. I like to always figure out how I'm growing and, and doing more. You know, I'm also in school. I'm at NYU, getting my master's in journalism, doing Julia right, extension now. program. Um, Get educated. So, you know, educated so for, y'all. Me, for me, it's more so it's just like, I know that the end goal is that I want a talk show at some point, you know? Not they giving talk shows out like it's uh fish fry platters. You know what I mean? So it's just like, (laughs) hell, if they can get one, I can get one. You know what I mean? So I think that's the ultimate goal. And I think I'm just everything that I'm doing now is really like practice. You know, it's like, and that's how I treat a lot of things. It's like, I can't just go straight to the top without having something kind of experience under my belt so I try to do a little bit of any and everything and and try to take the little gems and the lessons that I can that are only preparing me for what is soon to become in the future
0: yeah for sure I love that when you get that talk show, you know, if you, you know, if you need, you know, some queer, you know, uh, some, some personalities around, yeah, you know, I'm find it. Come you know, on. You, know if you need me to go to a red carpet for you, you know, cause I you're going to be, you, you, you're gonna be I, Ellen now. So if you need me to go right. out and hit the streets for you, I got you.
1: I love that. Now, I can tell you one thing. I'm not bringing the show to LA. Yeah. I got to move to New York. York. Oh, yep. man, it, right.
0: It's not going to be shot in LA. Right. I, oh, I'll crash no. on my mama couch. While there we you do go. We'll do it. Cool man. Well, thank you so much. Um, I want to play a quick game of this or that before we get okay. out of here. See what, see what, see what's on your mind. Okay, uh, laundry or cooking? Cooking. Day at the spa or watching sports all day? Oh, day at the spa. <laughs> <laughs> Short hair or long hair? Oh, that's hard. Long. Long. Uh, sports car or a big truck? Sports car. No, big truck. Big truck. Mm-hmm. Lipstick or lip gloss? lip gloss yes big wedding or small ceremony oh big wedding yes stay up late or sleep in sleep in iron or redry it iron yes pay or have him pay Ooh,
1: pay i'm too independent <laughs> <laughs>
0: beard or no beard beard New shoes or new clothes? New clothes. Top or bottom? Bottom. Hey. Hey. I love it. That's funny. Also, Kaylin, tell the people where they can find you. You can find me everywhere at The Kaylin Allen. I make it very easy. I love that. Well, thank you, Kaylin, so much for coming through. This was amazing. A great conversation. I wish you all the luck on everything that you're doing. And keep making us laugh, man.
1: Thank you, darling.
0: Y'all already noticed another episode of the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley. I'll catch y'all on the next one. Peace. Toodaloo.